Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, everybody, we got another special announcer schedules podcast conversation with you. Mike Gill, Phil DeMont Mollen, he is the face and the voice behind the Twitter handle at announcer sched. And we are joined by one of the most versatile play-by-players maybe in history, and that is Sean McDonough, who will be calling on the NHL this weekend a special triple header on ESPN. He'll have the Devils-Bruins game in prime time. Hockey, golf, basketball, baseball, football, tennis. When we say versatile, Sean McDonough's picture comes up on the screen, and he joins us now on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Sean, welcome to the show. Great to be with you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for that kind introduction. Well, I when we talk about versatility, we talk so many times about broadcasters when they're on here. Uh, you are back into hockey. What a great voice to hear doing the NHL on ABC this weekend. And kind of bring us, like, we like to start at the beginning sometimes and go back to the start or at the end and go back to the start. Tell us about getting back into hockey and what that's been like for you. Well, it was a bit of an adjustment, more than I thought. You know, I'm so used to just kind of going from one season to the next and to the next. And you know, usually the first football game you do, it might take you a couple of series to get back into the lingo and rhythm of the sport. And then, you know, the same thing happens when you transition to the next sport. But, you know, hockey I hadn't done in 17 years with a couple of exceptions. But for the most part, I had been out of the NHL for 17 years. All of us at ESPN had. So, I just didn't realize how much the game had changed from a speed standpoint. You know, it used to be back in the old days, if you hadn't really memorized all the numbers, you could look down and, oh, yeah, he's number 17. You can't do that now. If you look down, you know, the puck's gone to three different people, and you're going to miss something. You miss a penalty. You might miss a goal. So uh, you really have to pick your spot. So that was the biggest adjustment for me when we got back into it last year was just, you know, kind of ramping back up to the speed of the game. Yeah, you know, uh, the Stanley Cup, ESPN is back in hockey, uh, but you are synonymous with so many other things, Sean, and you take a look back at all the different things you've done. World Series, youngest guy to do that. You've got Monday Night Football. You've got Final Fours. Uh, of those, when we start this conversation, uh, where is your most comfortable spot for Sean McDonough? Where is the spot that you enjoy doing the most? Well, it's a great question. I get asked it a lot, and and it's a kind of a cop out answer. But you know, I've said all the time when you know I grew up. My dad was a great sports writer, legendary sports writer. I grew up around it. You know, going to all the different games: Celtics, Bruins, Patriots. You know, kids now have no idea if they grew up following the Patriots. But I went through when I was a kid going to all those games in Foxborough Stadium when they were, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL. But 
you know, I, I just wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I didn't care what sport it was. And that, that's really the way my career started. You know, I got an opportunity in minor league baseball when I was going to college at Syracuse. So that's sort of where I started. But the thing that I really enjoy the most to answer your question is the variety. You know, I love being able to do all the different sports. I wouldn't want to just do one season and sit around for a few months. You know, I like the fact that I have the chance to do all of them. You know, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd say, uh, Probably college football. Although right now, being back in a hockey and with playoffs coming up, there you know, there's the old adage: there's nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I really think that that's true. So, um, you know, but to me, the biggest blessing that I've had was the chance to be the voice of the Red Sox because when I was a kid, that's really what I wanted to do. You know, I grew up idolizing Ned Martin and Ken Coleman and the great Red Sox broadcasters of the past. So when I had a chance to do that when I was 25 years old, you know, I'd probably put that at the top of the list. Sean, thanks so much for for joining us. You you mentioned your father, you know, the the renowned sports writer Will McDonough, part of that incredible, you know, sports department at the Boston Globe all those years. I would love for you to share with us a couple specific memories of your childhood growing up with a father like yours at in in the newspaper business in the sports world and some of these opportunities you may have gotten from a very very young age as far as you know, just opening your eyes to to the possibilities of sports media and the sports world. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think everything that I have done traces back to my dad. You know, as I said, growing up as a kid, when I was five or six years old, we'd go down to spring training with my dad. You know, back in those days, the seasons didn't overlap as much. and He pretty much covered all the Boston teams. But we'd go down to Winter Haven, Florida, and we'd get homeschooled in the morning, and then we'd go over to the ballpark in the afternoon and I couldn't sit in the press box with my dad because, you know, all the writers would have to be able to bring their kids and that wouldn't work. So, you know, the Red Sox radio announcers who I just mentioned were nice enough to let me sit in the back of their booth. And I really think that's where I got the idea. This is what I wanted to do. I watched them do it, thought, you know, that looks fun. Had a little tape recorder not long thereafter. Used to lie on the floor in our living room and call every sporting event that would come on TV, you know, off the TV. You know, that was really my start. (laughs) In uh, in hockey broadcasting, if you want to call it that, but I was probably eight years old, calling uh, Bobby Orr uh, in the Big Bad Bruins of, of my youth in the late '60s and early '70s. So, you know, he he was a profound influence in every way. You know, he was the one who encouraged me to get into broadcasting instead of writing because he saw, you know, around that time when I was in high school, that newspapers even back then were starting to fade a little bit, and you know, these cable TV sports enterprises like ESPN and Nesson were just coming into being and he thought there'd be more opportunity there, which turned out obviously to be true. So uh, a great influence, you know, just in how to treat people, how to prepare, how to work hard, you know, that's the, the you know, hopefully uh, retain some humility. Um, you know, those are all the things and many more that I learned from him. And then there's just all the experiences of growing up as his son, you know, the, when we were a kid, the phone would ring, we'd all race to answer it. Cause, uh, my siblings and I, because you never knew who it was going to be. You know, it was Johnny Unitas, it was Al Davis, it was Bobby Orr, it was Pete Roselle, Red Auerbach. You know, so uh, just getting to meet some of the all-time legends because, uh, you know, not only did he cover them, but they were his friends. You know, when the uh, most emotional phone call I got when my dad died was from Al Davis. So, yeah, it was, it was a great role model, wonderful human being more than anything else. And obviously he was the pioneer as the first uh quote-unquote, information man, you know, to pave the way for the Adam Schefters and Peter Kings of the world. So uh, he had a fascinating life, and I'm 
the, the thing I'm most proud of in my life is that I'm his son because uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to say your dad is the best person you know. Wow. Thanks so much for for that, Sean. And, you know, as you grew up, you know, you end up at Syracuse University and, you know, the renowned broadcasting school there. Can you take us to that part of your journey as far as being a college student at Syracuse and then realizing that, hey, this can manifest into ultimately a profession? Yeah, well, I went there knowing that this is what I wanted to do and knowing that you know they had the history already of producing great sports broadcasters, you know, starting with Marty Glickman, who really was the one who plays the trail because, you know, Marv Albert went there to Syracuse because that's where Marty Glickman went and Marv wanted to be Marty Glickman, you know, and Bob Costas went there and Dick Stockton. So by the time I got there, you know, they had already had a track record. The interesting thing was I didn't really want to go there originally. I wanted to go to Notre Dame uh, as a, you know, Irish Catholic from South Boston. Um, and when my dad and I actually went out to Notre Dame and visited on a football week, it was beautiful and had a great time. And, as I always say, God has a plan for our lives, and uh, Notre Dame had a plan for my life, and it did not include admitting me into their university. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I knew in my heart and mind that Syracuse was the right place for all the reasons that we just mentioned, and it really was. There's nothing more important uh, other than the influence of my dad that uh, happened to me than going to Syracuse because you know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do 400 minor league baseball games uh, by the time I got out of college if I had gone someplace else. And it remains, uh, you know, I'm very actively involved up there on a few boards and love Syracuse and uh, will always be grateful for the, the education I got there and the opportunities that came about as a result. Well, some of the opportunities, including being at the time the youngest man to announce the World Series, and uh, you did that with Tim McCarver, who just recently passed. And obviously, uh, you called some big ones, including one that I can't stand. Uh, that is Joe Carter, the 93, living outside of Philadelphia at that time as a young high school student. Sean McDonough, you called that dramatic call, uh, but talk a little bit about working with Tim and calling the World Series uh, at such a young age. Well, it was interesting because, you know, the there was interesting on a lot of levels. First, to work with Tim was awesome. You know, I think if he's not the greatest baseball analyst of all time, you know, he's in the top two or three. He's in any conversation about who the best analyst of all time would be. And he was a great guy to work with. You know, I replaced Jack Buck, which I found to be almost unbelievable because I idolized and still do Jack Buck. Uh, you know, I thought he was the as great as anybody at calling the big moments. You know, the, I don't believe what I just saw and all that sort of thing. You know, it seemed like every time he had a big moment, he really nailed it. And then uh, my record didn't last very long as being the youngest guy to call the World Series on on national TV because Jack Buck's son broke it, my good friend Joe Buck, uh, who I just spent some time with last week in Arizona and uh, have the utmost respect and admiration for. He's a dear friend. So, um, yeah, there was some interesting symmetry in, in that uh, record, if that's what it is. But you know, just to have, we only had the World Series for two years. CBS lost it after that 93 season. But they were two pretty good years to have it. I mean, we had the Sid Bream you know, game in Game 7 of the 92 excuse me, National League Championship Series. And then, uh, you know, the Joe Carter walk-off home run the next year, which was the second time, only the second time the World Series had ever ended on a home run. So, you know, it was two years, first of all, it, as I've said before, you know, you had the, the opportunity to do, you know, national baseball for 10 minutes, you're lucky. So to have the World Series for two years is uh, an incredible blessing. But if we're going to have it for just two, uh, those are two pretty good years to do it.
Yeah, and Sean, obviously, you mentioned you know uh, baseball and you mentioned college football. You kind of uh, hinted at that as well. You've been calling college football. Of course, you had that stint on Monday Night Football. You've done the NFL. But what is it about the college game um, that is different from the NFL that you enjoy uh, about football? Well, I think the college game lends itself a lot more to storytelling. Um, you know, that's, and I, that's a big part of it that I enjoy. I enjoy the preparation. You know, I, a lot of people in our business kind of don't like the meetings with the teams before the game. It's just kind of required. But, you know, I really enjoy hearing people's life stories or why they're successful or what they think about their team. And, you know, to me, that's our job. You know, we're, we're there to hopefully inform the viewer uh, and entertain if we can. And uh, you know, I always say our job is to add to people's enjoyment of the game without detracting from it. And I think, you know, that can be a very fine line sometimes. So, you know, there's just a lot more opportunity for storytelling. You know, most people tune in to see a college football game, unless you're an avid fan of those two teams, you don't know anything about any of these players. You may not have heard of any of them, but you know, you've started watching the game. And so I think part of our job is to give you a reason to take an interest and, you know, there's just so much. I, I love the pomp and circumstance of college football, the tradition, you know, because they're only playing 12 or 13 games. Um, you know, and in, when the games that we do, uh, most of the weeks, you know, we have the best teams in the country. You know, one loss can be fatal in terms of, you know, getting in the college football playoffs. So they all have such intense meaning. We're in the NFL. You know, I really enjoy NFL football too. Um, but that's not really the case. So, you know, they're both great. I, I prefer college football. I remain an NFL fan and viewer, but um, you know, given the choice, I would rather do college football. Uh, the great Sean McDonough is with us. He'll have the call 8 o'clock. Uh, Devils and Bruins, uh, ESPN, ABC's coverage of the NHL. The Stanley Cup playoffs are almost here. Sean and Ray Ferraro have that call on Saturday night. And before we let you run, you know, you're doing the Masters this week, the par three. Uh, you're traveling. We love to hear on the announcer schedules podcast, the announcers tell us a little bit about their travel, about uh, being doing multiple events in the same <laughs> week in the preparation. I know uh, we're really the, the sand's going through the hourglass here, but tell us a little bit about the travel, uh, Masters, and then you know, got Red Sox happening and everything that's going on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, that that's the worst part of it, you know, because so much of it is out of your control. That happened to me yesterday. I was supposed to visit with you guys yesterday, and then I was traveling from Augusta, uh, where I did the par three on Wednesday, to go down to Tampa for the Frozen Four. I was just going as a fan. I'm on the athletic director's advisory board at Boston University. Drew Marichello, their great AD, is a wonderful friend. So I uh, went as a fan, but uh, had some travel issues and wound up like <laughs> I have many times in my life sprinting through the Atlanta airport to make the connection to uh, Tampa. As, as we speak, I'm actually sitting in Tampa about to fly back to Boston for the, for the, the Bruins game on Saturday night. So yeah, the travel is uh, if there's anything that's going to get me to stop this maybe earlier than I otherwise would, it would probably be the travel, but uh, it's a necessary part of the job. And, you know, you do get a chance to see the world, although most of the time you don't see much of the world except the <laughs> hotel room in the arena or stadium. But uh, 
but I'm not complaining. You know, there's a, there are a lot of people who would switch places and, you know, would kill to do one event on ESPN in their life. And I never take that for granted. And when I stop being excited about games, like we're going to do Saturday night, uh, that's when I'll stop doing it. But I am still extremely excited every time I walk into one of these arenas, because I know how fortunate I am. Uh, Sean McDonough, everybody, the uh, lead play-by-player for NHL on ESPN and ABC. It's uh, this weekend, Saturday night. He'll have the call. Devils and Bruins as they get ready for their playoffs. Boston Red Sox play-by-play on radio. And, of course, so many other things, including a Final Four, which was in there. The Olympics has been in there. College World Series, the Masters, uh, the U.S. Open, the British Open. You name it, Sean McDonough has done it. Sean, we appreciate you being a part of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Well, I'm honored that you had me on. Thanks very much. I wish I had more time, and uh, I hope we get to do it again sometime. All right, we thank you. Yes, we'll try to uh, get part two of the story. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, sorry about that. We're just trying to wedge a bunch of stuff in. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Sean. And uh, Sean McDonough, everybody here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. And, Phil, you know, we only had him for a short amount of time. For someone who's done as much as he did, he crammed a bunch in there. It was a tremendous story hearing his time at Syracuse. But I thought really revealing, you know, growing up with his father and the, the different people they would fight to answer the phone and the different names he was throwing out who would call the McDonough household. Yeah, Johnny Unitas, Al Davis, I mean, just these big names. I mean, it, it's larger than life, really, when you think about what that childhood must have been like. And it certainly, I'm sure, planted these, you know, wonderful seeds to eventually bloom into the career that, you know, he he today continues to thrive in. And, you know, like, like you said, you know, he's done so much. Um, you know, he's relatively young still. He's 60 years old. And... He has so, such a impressive resume that just covers so many different sports and, and so forth. And, you know, s- still doing radio with the Red Sox as well. And it was just a joy to, to get to talk to him and, and hear, you know, firsthand exactly, you know, what it's been like to, to be Sean McDonough. Uh, Sean McDonough is one of my favorites growing up listening to. Uh, one of my favorite games that I ever watched, he called 2009. It is the six-overtime Syracuse-UConn Big East tournament game at Madison Square Garden. It is one of the great games. If you've never seen it, it's worth going back to watch the game. And Sean McDonough was on the call for that game. It was one of the epic games he did. Final Fours. He has done the Masters. I mean, it's amazing, as he said, the the different roles that we just kind of casually forget that Sean McDonough had. He talked about... He was 30 years old. He was the youngest World Series play-by-player. Uh, Joe Buck uh, eventually surpassed that as the youngest guy, but he did the World Series. He said they only had it for two years. Uh, but, you know, you think about, okay, here's a guy doing the World Series back in 1992, college football, um, college basketball, the Masters, Monday night football. He gets that run as Monday night football. And then, you know, he said after 17 years of not doing hockey, he's back doing hockey. So what an amazing journey for Sean McDonough. It's uh, it's truly cool to hear that. And then he's sitting in the Tampa airport right now getting ready to uh, do a hockey game tomorrow night. We're dropping this on a Friday. He's doing that game tomorrow night on a Saturday. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance too many times in my career, you know, working as a statistician and so forth to to come across Sean in person. But there are a couple of things that come to mind. And you mentioned that Blue Jays, Phillies, you know, Joe Carter call that was so crushing <laughs> to you. I have a similar one. 
because he was on the call for the walk-off home run by a college baseball player named Warren Morris to defeat the Miami Hurricanes in the 1996 College World Series. I mean, this was a devastating loss for University of Miami uh, baseball uh, fans. And, you know, one of these dramatic moments, uh, this guy Warren Morris had, you know, never hit a home run, you know, and then he he's able to hit one in the, the bottom of the ninth inning as LSU wins the College World Series. And it's one of the most infamous or famous, you know, College World Series games to ever take place. And it kind of was a big reason why the sport is what it is today. And that event, it continues to, you know, thrive the way it is today. And then the next couple of years, you know, when I was working for the University of Miami, we went to the College World Series and I was the baseball SID. And Sean was the play-by-play announcer for for CBS uh, for at least one or two of those. And, you know, it was just, um, I remember how big of a deal that was for me, you know, as someone, you know, young and early in my career in my twenties to, you know, just to have the chance to, to sit in a production meeting with, with Sean for a few minutes and, and be able to, you know, work closely with him and um, just, just amazing the um, grace that he has and sort of the professionalism. He mentioned humility, all those things. I, I agree completely every, every, you know, just from that memory. I mean, we're talking a good 30 years ago or, or what have you, but you know, he continues to just, you know, seem like an absolute class act. And, you know, we were able to to feel that in our interview here today as well. Yeah, and I liked how he chronicled his, uh, you know, love of the college game and why that separates from the NFL. Uh, you know, obviously he had that run for a couple of years with Monday Night Football, but certainly sounds like he is much more comfortable in that role as the college football voice. And he's the voice of college football that I recognize a lot. But as you mentioned, uh, the college baseball uh, I go back to that college basketball because we just talked about Jim Nance. People forget uh, we talked about Jim Nance on this week's announcer pod episode 43. People forget McDonough and Bill Rafferty worked together and had one of the great buzzer beaters. And when Connecticut, uh, Khalid Alamine, he called that shot uh, in, I guess it was the East uh, Regional or, or the semifinal or something, but him, he was uh, partnered up with Bill Rafferty at that time, Sean McDonough. So uh, he, he has had a tremendous career. Another Syracuse guy. How many Syracuse grads have we had on the pod? I, I, they certainly lead more than any other uh, college. But, uh, we did get Temple in recently, too, yes. and Notre Dame. Mike Monaco from Notre Dame. and you know, oh, uh, Some old school so, Big Easters, although Temple was only Big East for football, not for basketball. But, yeah, we got the, the Big East is pumping out. Uh, now, I'm a West Virginia, which was in the Big East when I was there. So do I count as a Big Easter? I guess so. I have to be. I'm not a big, I don't like the Big 12. I don't like the move to the Big 12. I'm a West Virginia Big Easter at heart. Um, all right. Well, Sean McDonough, we appreciate him. And uh, check that out here on the Last Word on Sports feed, where you can get Tell Me a Story I Don't Know with George Offman, Last Word on Sports Media with TJ Reeves, and the Announcer Schedule podcast, which drops on Thursdays. We have a couple special standalone interviews from time to time, so always check out the feed. We just talked to Mike Monaco from ESPN in episode 43. Mark Zumoff, the former Sixer voice, he's got a new venture to talk about. Check that out on this feed. And here we just had Sean McDonough, one of the greats in the broadcasting world. All right, for Phil, I'm Mike. This has been a special conversation with the great Sean McDonough here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.